Hello, we would like to welcome you to Hopefield Conversations for Women, led by two of our pastor's wives here at Inglewood Baptist Church, Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. It is our prayer that you rest in the hope only Jesus offers through God's Word in our conversations today. So hope, we have hope-filled conversations. Hope's been a theme of this time um, that we've been meeting together. It's been woven throughout all the different things. And we studied the names of God. We talked a lot about how we find hope in him because we know who he is through his names. Um, and so today we're going to talk about that sustaining hope. Um, in our scripture today, we're going to see how Paul had this hope in Christ and how it sustained him in the ups and downs of life. And when he had this hope, he could have that single focus of using his life to glorify and magnify the Lord. Um, he had this sustaining hope because he was a child of God. That's where we find this sustaining hope. Um, so I found this scripture, and Jody, we're gonna, you're going to talk about this later on, but I found this scripture in Romans, and I thought it went so well with our scripture today. Yeah. It's in Romans 5. If you have your scripture, if you have your Bible, um, open to Romans 5 with me. I'm just going to read the first um, few verses. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You're going to talk about um, that not being put to shame. We can cling to this hope. This is, this is strong, assured, sustaining hope because it's not in ourselves. It's not in our works. It's in the Lord. So it's a different kind of hope. It's a steady hope, uh, a sure hope because that's who God is. He's unchanging. He's steady and he's firm. Um, so when we become a child of God, we get to have all the benefits, the inheritance of being a child of God. And one of those things is this hope, this unwavering hope. Um, and so that's where our confidence lies. That's where our sustaining hope comes from. Um, so when we experience the sustaining hope, it affects the way we live. Just like when we have the confidence in the Lord, it affects the way we live. Same with hope. It's going to affect the way we live. So I'm really excited to dive into this scripture in Philippians today and, and discuss that. I am too. That's good stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, Jody, do you want to open us in prayer before I read? Sure, I can do that. Okay. Father God, I'm thankful of um, all that um, Carolyn just poured out into us from your word and and just reminding us that your hope is sustaining, that our hope in you is sustaining. And Lord, um, just to be able to feast on your word together with other ladies is such a gift and such a blessing. And it's very fulfilling. So I thank you for uh, allowing us this opportunity in this season and time to be specifically focused in Philippians. Uh, Father, you have pointed out so many treasures in Christ through Philippians that we can hold on to and, and uh, embrace our hope and know that our hope is not in vain. So Lord, thank you for that. And I pray that uh, throughout the rest of this, this, this discussion and 
our breakout time, that you'd be magnified in that, Lord. And at the same time, I ask that you help us glean from one another, encourage one another. And I pray, that, Lord, that um, as we uh, receive uh, what you have spoken through your word, Father God, that we would handle it. Um, with uh, the utmost respect, Lord, and Lord, that you would continue to guide us as we go through this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, I'll go ahead and read our focus scripture for today. Um, it's in Philippians, so y'all turn with me to Philippians, um, and we're going to start at verse 19 and go through verse 30, and I'm reading from the ESV today, so I'll go ahead and read that out loud. It says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Christ or Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my full and eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death for to me, to me, to live as Christ and to die as gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I, I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come to you, or whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not be frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that, and that from God. For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ, you shall not come not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. That's good. I never get tired of reading that. It's just so much richness that we can pull just out of those scriptures. Um, but like you said, we want to focus uh, today on the um, sustaining hope. And Paul says right off in there, uh, it's actually in verse 20, he, he really kind of points out uh, two ways he finds uh, hope, that he wants to stand in that hope. And just to point out again, verse 20, I'm going to read it. Um, I think this is the New American Standard Version. It's according to my earnest expectation and hope that I may not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, rather by life or by death. So the first way he um, is stating that it, it, he is sustaining in hope is that he would not be put to shame. Um, and sometimes when we're reading the scripture, I'm very guilty of this. You know, I'm just kind of going through it and I'm like, okay, shame. What that means to me is, is um, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed about something where I'm, I just feel you know, appalled and, and just, I don't want anybody to know. I'm just embarrassed. But that's not the kind of shame, shamed that he's conveying here. And I want us to go into the study talking about that a little bit. And I'm going to share a couple of scripture references. Um, so ladies, get your pens out if you want to uh, make these notes. I don't know if you're going to have time to turn to each of them, but if you want to write them down and go back to them later, 
Uh, but, you know, for instance, uh, we're going to go into Romans a couple times. Romans 9, verse 33, and it's Romans 9, 33. It says, as it is written, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And then Romans 10, 1. Again, it's Romans 10, 1. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So you're starting to catch that? So Paul's reminding the Philippians that those who confess Christ with their mouth and first believe in the heart, um, that, they'll, that um, they will not stumble. Uh, in other words, they're not going to be put to shame because of whose they are and who, who they're walking for and out in life. They're not going to be put, we're not going to be put to shame because we're in Christ and that we're proclaiming him. And then I love this one. I wanted to throw this one in here. It's 1 Peter 4.16. Again, it's 1 Peter 4.16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. You hear that word again? But let him glorify God on this behalf. So this speaks of the security as believers um, and the certainty that we're, we're, we have a solid foundation uh, as a Christ believer. You know, he's our cornerstone. And to wrap up that first um, point of the hope, I want one more scripture here to share with you. Uh, it's Isaiah 28, 16. Again, it's Isaiah 28, 16. And it says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, see, I am laying a stone in Zion, a stone that has been tested, a precious cornerstone as a sure, in other words, as a firm foundation. Whoever puts faith in it will not waver or never be disgraced. I love that. So we see that that Paul can walk with confidence and boldness that, you know, his hope is that he would never be ashamed of the gospel. He would never, you know, walk in that way. And especially he wouldn't be ashamed on the judgment day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the second way Paul stated his hope uh, was in Christ would be exalted in his body. So we also find that in the same scripture verse, actually verse 20, I'm going to read it again and then point out the second hope that I want you to grasp. So verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body whether it be in life or it be in death. So Paul uses reference of body often in his writings. You know, our, our bodies are like the vehicles uh, that Christ used as a communication tool. So in, in our bodies are the temple of Christ. So we are to be shored up and to, to recognize that this is the avenue. That my, my voice, the written word, or, or our gifts and our talents that God uses through our bodies to um to exalt him and so paul uh, because he was committed to his life his body to christ he continued to glorify uh, god through his life uh, it you know and it would even in his body in his death does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. i'm reminded as i was reading and studying this uh, it took me back to when i was teaching eighth graders so many years ago it was back when i lived in south carolina actually and i thought you know what um these these girls really it would be great if we had a classroom um verse to hold on to that we would uh, agree to live by to walk by and to strive to 
to um, reach the goal of what it says. And it's talking about the body as well. And it's Romans um, 12 verse one. It's Romans 12 verse one. Therefore, I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So Paul hoped that through his body, his spiritual service of worship um, to God would exalt God. Rather, it'd be why he was living with us or whether it'd be in his death. So either way, Paul would uh, exalt God um, and he has a sustaining hope in knowing that um, he had the he had um you know confidence in the gospel and he knew that god was going to use his body even though it had been uh, broken and torn in so many ways i mean he's been shipwrecked and beaten and and regardless of what his body looked like it didn't matter what his body looked like it mattered what he did with his body and it was to proclaim the gospel in every way uh, that he went um so there was a statement I came across as perseverance through this life is an identifying characteristic of a Christian and so is unity. So characteristic of a Christian uh, is perseverance and unity. And so Paul wanted the Philippians to recognize that we're all on the same side. We're actually on the winning team because we're on Christ's team, right? And sometimes we forget that and there's disunity discourse and so forth. So we need to to just kind of um, be reminded of that sometimes. And, you know, the other thing is, is that when we take Christ into our circumstances and live like Christ, we will have joy. And I like that phrase where we will take Christ into our circumstances. Um, because sometimes we, if, if we don't take him in there in that intentional mindset, we can allow our flesh to take over and take control instead of staying submissive and yielded to what Christ wants to do in us and through us. Um, a commentator said this, it was really neat. Um, Paul had joy because he loved others. He prayed for others. He encouraged others and he sought to bring joy to others. Paul's heaven on earth, you get that? Paul's heaven on earth was helping others. So Paul denied himself what he most wanted, and that was to be with Christ in heaven. He did this for the sake of others. He thought of others more than he thought of himself because he saw life to be so much better and glorious, living and being in heaven with his Savior, than to continue to strive and struggle on earth. But he loved the people so much, and he wanted them to have and to experience and to feel what he knows, what he has in his life. So he strived uh, a lot longer in that, in that way. Um, this is cool. Uh, his heart was so bent toward Christ that he had hoped that through his afflictions, his body would glorify God. It was as if Paul was saying this, Lord, whatever comes my way, whatever affliction, whatever circumstance, use my body to glorify you and I surrender it to you. So. In, in reading this, I, I think it's very clear, even just taking one verse, uh, verse 20, and going, goodness, Paul had an incredible sustaining hope, and we can have that too. We have that. We just need to be mindful and intentional and own it and walk it out like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good. That's right. And that sustaining hope affected the way he lived his life. He, he held loosely to this life. He had total surrender to whatever God wanted to use his body for, whether it was here on earth or with him, which he, he really wanted, <laughs> but yeah. he was, he was ready to, to serve the Lord however he wanted to use Paul. So that was, that's awesome. Um, I was reading something this week that was an encouragement to me and a good reminder of how, um, as believers, we can magnify Jesus to unbelievers. So an unbeliever often views Jesus as like a distant historical figure. They, they don't have a personal relationship. They don't view Jesus um, as very important in their life. They just see him as a distant historical figure. But as believers, with total surrender to the Lord, he can use us as like a lens to magnify Jesus and bring others to him. And I thought that was such a good um, illustration of this chapter. I love that illustration. Yeah. 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 Of Paul, you know, he's totally surrendered and just saying, Lord, use me however you want to glorify you, to magnify you to others. So um, that's a really cool opportunity that we have as believers who know we have that sustaining hope in the Lord. When we view that, our life that way, we can have total surrender and um, he can use us however he wants to magnify him. Um, and also Paul had that eternal focus, which I thought was kind of throughout all this, all these verses, we could see that really clearly. He didn't let um, worry or fear or anxiety get in the way of him being used by the Lord. Um, it didn't let him, he didn't let it consume him. Um, we've talked before, Paul had a rough life. He did not have an yeah. easy, yeah. an easy go at things. Um, but he didn't let worry or fear or even sickness get in the way or consume his life so that he couldn't be used the way, um, the Lord wanted him to be used. So he knew as he wrote in second Timothy one, seven, um, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and in self-control. Um, with the confidence that Paul had in God's promise of eternal life, he could hold loosely to the things of this world. He knew where he was going if he died, and he knew whose hand he was in here on the earth too. So um, yeah. he could go move on with confidence, knowing where his, his hope lied, lies. And then um, look at Philippians 1 verse 23. I thought this was a really neat, um, a neat thing to highlight just the way Paul viewed his life. It says, I am hard pressed between the two. This was the verse before he was talking about whether he lives or dies. He's hard, hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. That word depart in um, verse 23 literally means, one commentary said that it means um, like picking up your tent and moving on. Yeah. That's what Paul viewed his body as, just a tent that the Lord uses here on the earth. But if, if he goes and, and dies that, you know, he's just picking up his tent and moving on. The Lord's going to use him. Um, he just, he just had such confidence that he was not affected by fear or, um, anxiety here on earth. He, he had, he experienced that, but it didn't consume him. It didn't get in his way. Um, I think he, he probably patched up his tent and moved on because I can't, you, go, I just, you said that man, I thought man, my tent would have a ton of patches on it. <laughs> I bet Paul did too. No, didn't stop yeah. that. That's good. 
Absolutely. And then I just found in 2 Corinthians um, 5, this idea of the tent really stuck with me this week. So um, 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Um, listen to this. It says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For this tent we groan, longing to be put in our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we were still in this tent, we groaned, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we'd be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. I thought that just summed up this whole um, concept right of hope. And um, yes, that our bodies are just to be used to magnify and glorify the Lord. And so when we have this sustaining hope that God's prepared a place for us, um, an eternal home for us when we depart from this world, we can live our lives that way that, that um, magnifies the Lord and holds loosely to the things of this world and helps us keep that eternal focus that we know that all God promises will come true. And we know um, that he's prepared a place for us. So that's our sustaining hope. That's what gets us through um, life. So I was that's so encouraged great. by this. Today. I'm encouraged. That, um, that's a good word right there. And, and again, I think it's timely. It is. Yeah, just to just to think, you put our focus on eternal uh, mm -hmm. thoughts. Um, I think it's just it's inspiring. And when you were reading that, I was like, you know what? I just took a really deep breath because I believe that. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe I believe what the word the word says. So that's just good. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pepper, do you have anything that you want to um, shout out at, at us at or point out? Hold on. <laughs> I'm there. I'm here. <laughs> it takes a few minutes to find the mute and the record, recording. Oh, good. Um, I really liked what um, Carolyn just shared about the believer versus the unbeliever. And Carolyn, I was wondering, I was trying to write that down. Is there yeah. anything you can restate your statement about um, when you surrender your life and you're a magnifying glass? Can you restate that? Yeah. Well, I was just struck by the thought that, um, you know, unbelievers see Jesus as a distant figure, a distant historical figure. It's not, he's not personal to them. He's kind of far off in the distance, but we as believers can magnify Jesus for, for them. We can, um, you know, teach them that he's, <laughs> he's a real person. He's real in our life. And I think, I think um, unbelievers can, can see that in the way we live our life. If we really believe that Jesus, we have this hope in the Lord, um, they're going to be able to see that in the way we live our life. So, um, is that, does that answer? I'm sorry. Well, I don't yeah, know yeah. exactly what I you've said. Used the, um, Carolyn, you've used the word, um, telescope as well. And I think some of us can visualize that as well. Yeah. Kind of that telescope. Oh, yeah. I think I said lens, like a lens that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah. magnifies. Yeah. The commentator I was reading was talking about how a telescope can magnify the stars. The telescope's so much smaller than the stars, but, 
um, it's a tool that can bring both stars and make them bigger for us here on earth a long way away. And so we can kind of serve as that for an unbeliever. We can magnify the Lord with our life and the way we live. And um, just by sharing, I think, I think we get so caught up in like what we're going to say to an unbeliever. If we just share what the Lord's doing in our life, that's yeah. an awesome way to magnify the Lord for them, make it personal. Um, you know, let me just share what, what's going on in my life and how the Lord's using it um, to work in my heart. So I think, I think that's a really good reminder for us. I like how when you were talking about the telescope, though, it, it's a star. It's light. The Lord yeah. is light. And so yeah. we're able to, we are able to be like a magnifying glass to offer that light to them. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was just really cool that I never thought about the perspective of them seeing Jesus as a distant historical figure. You hear about it, but that's a new, that's a new way of saying it to make it register different when you think about yeah. it. So that was really cool. good. Carolyn, you want to pray us out and then we I can sure go. Do. All right. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for this time that we have each week to study the scripture and, and just be reminded, um, especially this week of the hope that sustains us in our life. Thank you that you are unchanging and um, you, nothing phases you. <laughs> Nothing's occurred to you. You've known it all from the beginning. And so um, thank you that we can have this confidence in you and this hope that um, whether we live or die, we are held in your hand. And we know um, what's going to happen when we leave this earth. And, and we thank you so much for that. We pray that you'll use our bodies to magnify you. Help us to um, surrender to you and be obedient to what you've called us to do. And and that we can um, magnify you for somebody else that may not know you. Pray that you'll use us. Um, I pray that you'll use this small group time. I pray that it'll be an encouragement to the ladies and that um, you'll further reveal yourself to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.